Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Coach Speak. I'm Matt Seidel, along with fellow hosts Derek Seidel and Josh Trope. Derek, Josh, how, uh, how are you fellas doing today? Doing real well. I uh, got to uh, get out on the court this morning for uh, three workouts out in Napoleon uh, on the old hoops behind the elementary school. We're having some trouble keeping the nets on the rims, but other than that, it's been going good. Getting a lot of guys coming out, getting some shots in and some work in. It's been nice to uh, to get to work with the fellas and uh, get back to coaching. So Nice. Derek, you said you had three uh, workouts. Do you, got, do you bring them in like in like 10 in a group or something, or how are you doing that? Yeah, I've been uh, – today we had some smaller groups. It was like uh, about four or five in a group. And then earlier in the week we did it in like groups of eight or nine just so we can kind of do a little bit more team stuff. And then today was a little bit more skill stuff. So, Okay. That's a great idea. I like you breaking it up like that. Is that what you're doing, Matt, or are you doing bigger groups? No, we, we've been really working kind of in three groups, you know, anywhere from – you know, it's usually like six to nine is, it seems to be the, the norm of them. But we, we kind of go Monday and Wednesday uh, with, a, with a couple of groups. And then we do the same thing on Tuesday and Thursday in the morning. So pretty much the same. Yep. Okay. No, I, I'm doing well. Um, you know, I, I, I saw Ann Arbor News or the Ann Arbor News and MLive came out and explained that Ann Arbor is going to go online with school, the virtual schools start the year. And, you know, and it sparked discussion this morning, you know, at workouts and, it's. Uh, I, I think I've reached the point where uh, I, I'm done talking about it at this point. I, I've. It's just gotten to that point where I'm tired of talking about it. It's just, you know, once someone makes a decision if we're going to go back to school and if we're going to have sports, then I guess I'll talk about it. But it's. Uh, I, I figured I kind of like hit the wall today with that. I realized I'm just exhausted with that conversation. I'm. I'm with you 100. percent I just when people start talking about it, I just look down and kind of put my fingers together and just wait for them to finish and then move on to the next topic, which is exactly what I'm going to do right now. So there you uh, go. <laughs> we have another exciting show planned as one of Michigan's most successful high school coaches in recent years. Josh Baker joins us from Tuscaloosa, where he's now an assistant for the University of Alabama men's basketball program. Uh, before we visit with Coach Baker, though, we wanted to spend a, just a few minutes talking about the typical spring summer coaching carousel in high school basketball, something that even COVID-19 couldn't prevent this year. We actually have two individuals on this show that we've mentioned before who are starting new varsity boys uh, coaching jobs, that being Derek Seidel at Napoleon High School and yours truly at Olivet High School. And, of course, we have Coach Trope, um, and it's actually an aberration that he hasn't jumped to a new position, although <laughs> I'm, sure he had the, I'm sure he had the itch when a few college jobs opened this spring, but uh, I don't know if he'll admit that or not. But let's take a look at this list. Uh, I guess the first one that comes to mind is Jordan Boland going from Dundee of the Lenaway County Athletic Association to Temperance Bedford of the Southeastern Conference. And then just recently, Dundee has hired Jay Hazelschwartz, who was a really good player at Saline in the 1990s. Uh, Josh, can you tell us a little bit about Jordan Boland maybe, or and at least uh, yeah. in the program he's walking into at Bedford? Well, I, I, for, I guess I'll start with this. Jordan did a really good job at Dundee, um, very highly respected down in that uh, both that conference and in that area. I, I think very highly. I've seen his teams play a few times. And a good friend of mine, Randy Windham, thinks very highly of him. I, I was very surprised to see him take that job. I thought um, he had Dundee in the top three in that league consistently. You know, Blissfield's had a heck of a run lately. Onstead has been consistently on top of that league with Brad Maska at the helm, but Dundee was right there with those schools and, you know, Bedford's big school, good school, but the SC 
SEC red is a monster. Uh, so I was a little surprised to see him take that just because you got to deal with the Ann Arbors. Now you got to deal with uh, Lincoln. This year you got to deal with Ipsy as well. Mm. Um, Dexter moving forward. So, I, I mean, again, Jordan, a great coach. But as you and I know, Matt, as especially up in our years, uh, we're usually only as good as our players. So I, I, it's, he's got his work cut out for him there. Okay. As for Jay Hazelschwart, uh, he is a teacher at Dundee, and he's had some success coaching girls basketball, mainly at Ottawa Lake Whiteford. He's going to do a good job at, uh, at Dundee. I know they're, they're a really young team, but he, he'll, he'll do a good job. Those kids are going to play hard. And one of the cool things, I think, is that his twin brother, Lee, who played with him in the 90s at Celine is going to be his JV coach, which uh, which leads me to believe Mama Roseanne Hazel Schwartz, a former colleague of mine at Willow Run, an all-time great teacher at Willow Run, to be honest. Uh, she'll have a front-row seat at those games, so I'm kind of excited to think about that. Another local change uh, finds Ryan Masters, a former Leslie and Chelsea assistant, taking over the boys' program at Whitmore Lake. Josh, Ryan was on your staff at Chelsea last year. What can you tell us about him? Uh, Ryan's uh... – Great relationship builder, great energy. Will be an excellent young uh, varsity wow. coach. He'll be an excellent varsity coach. It, it's a very similar situation that I faced the year before that. I mean, I, I had Derek, who's on the podcast here, who, you know, again, brilliant young coach, itching to go. And you know, I get it. I was, I was Derek. I was Ryan. I, I was one of those guys. You know, I think again, just like Derek took on a very tough job at Springport, Ryan's taking on a very tough job at Whitmore Lake. But again, when I was 23, 24, I, I just wanted to be a varsity coach. So I, I completely understand their situation. Ryan will do a great job, just like Derek did a great job at Springport. I don't see this being his last job. Just I, I don't know if he'll do it after one year like someone else did, but I, I, can, see, I, I can see Ryan uh, moving on and moving up in, in the near future, yeah. With you calling Derek brilliant, I, I may add master of hyperbole to your nickname list but, um, <laughs> that's uh, down the road. So uh, one other change on the boys' side has a former Dundee coach, Dundee in the news a lot, Jeff Turner leaving Allegan and taking over at Jonesville, uh, which competes in the Big Eight. Derek, your Napoleon team actually opens against Jonesville next season. Any insight on what Coach Turner is walking into over there? Obviously coming from – Springport in the Big Eight. I uh, we we played two games with Jonesville last year, and they have a decent squad coming back. They they're, they're second and third leading scores. C.J. Lowers and Luke Dawson return. C.J.'s a, a a very good point guard uh, who can shoot it a little bit, and uh, Luke Dawson's a, a versatile big that can really handle the ball and attack the rim. So those those will be two of two of the guys that I, I expect to be potential first team all league guys in the Big Eight this year. So I think that. They should be a very good team. They'll be a tough test for us to open the season this year, and I, I'd expect them to be a top half team in the in the Big Eight. I know uh, Reed and Quincy and uh, Homer will all be really really tough as well. But that uh, that's a pretty good situation there. On the girls' side of things, uh, the big story is uh, got to be former NFL player Tony Scheffler taking over for Todd Blumquist at at Chelsea. Tony is a Chelsea alum who started at Western Michigan before heading off to the NFL. Josh, uh, from your perspective, and uh, and that's a different perspective with you kind of being about, you know, maybe five, six or so, and, and, and Tony being a mountain of a guy. That's an interesting picture. I'm trying, I want to visual <laughs> there. But how, how are things going so far for Tony over at Chelsea? Well, I, I think they're going really well. I mean, it's a smooth transition. He's been the assistant for the past two years. 
um, you know, very well liked by the players uh, and obviously a legend in the community. Um, definitely someone, by the way, that we're going to need to get on the podcast. I'm sure he's got some great stories from Absolutely. his NFL days. But no, the, the transition's been smooth. Uh, he, the girls uh, respect the heck out of him. They're, they're doing a good job in um, their workouts outside. I've enjoyed working with them to this point. And, um, you know, like I said, he, he's all in on Chelsea and, and, uh, I think he'll do great things. And he obviously inherits an incredible program that they're, you know, a perennial top 10 team. Uh, they have four college players on their uh, team right now. I mean, so great situation to walk into. Um, and I, he's definitely up to the task. Got it. You know, there's some other vacancies out there, such as uh, the Manchester and Vandercook Lake boys jobs and, and former state champion uh, Sal Conco has stepped down from the Marshall girls position, but we'll touch on them maybe at a later date. For now, let's get to our special guest. Okay, we are now joined on Coach Speak by Josh Baker, the special assistant to head coach Nate Oates at the University of Alabama. Coach Baker is best known in Michigan for winning five state championships at Southfield Christian between 2012 and 2019. And he also coached in three Final Fours during a 10-year period as an assistant at Romulus High School, also under Coach Oates. First of all, Coach Baker, roll tide. Secondly, roll tide, Coach Seidel. <laughs> thanks for joining us on the podcast. And thirdly, how are you doing these days? Uh, man, we're, we're doing good. So we're just trying to uh, – man, we have two sessions of practices to kind of keep, the, you know, the guys separated. But it's fun to have them back in the gym and back on campus and – trying to get a sense of normalcy so uh, that, that that part's been good no doubt hey i'm going to start off with this because this this position of yours just begs begs an answer so what exactly does <laughs> what exactly uh does the special assistant to the head coach do and, and can you give us a little background on on this new position i guess the college basketball and how it's kind of evolved uh that's a great question before <laughs> i answer that though what's been interesting is i've had so many people like friends and stuff and other coaches call and ask if they, if they can be the, uh, the special assistant to the special assistant. Oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm here for that job. <laughs> it, uh, so uh, it actually, it's uh, kind of like any other position. You, you essentially do what coach Oates wants you to do. So, uh, um, but I, I work a lot with our GAs and all the, uh, the player development and skill work. That's always kind of been something that I've loved. And um enjoy doing and then uh, work with Coach Petway on the offensive side of the ball and do uh, just a ton of analytics and scouting and, and game prep on, on, on how we're going to attack the opposing team's defense. And then um, obviously all our practices and practice planning and then uh, scouting, uh, you know, before we go against an opponent and then do the same thing from practices every day. So that, that essentially is uh, kind of my day to day responsibilities. Now, it wasn't it wasn't always like that. Right. Isn't that is that position been changing or is that the way it was designed from the beginning? You know what? I think um, essentially they've kind of given the, the the programs freedom to, you know, to do whatever you want, whether it's with your, you know, your video coordinators or your GAs or, you know, special assistants, to the head coach or director of basketball operations. Co coaches kind of have a lot of freedom how you design that position. And then essentially, you know, head coach is trying to take each of his assistants and staff and put them in their strengths so you know based on what they're good at um Got it. so great position to be in um 
you and Nate, I mean, you're, you're roommates at Marathon of Baptist University. So you've been together for a long time. When sitting around in the dorm room, eating pizza late at night, after a practice, something like that, did you guys ever talk about this type of stuff, dream D1 coaches together one day? I mean, I would assume you talked about your futures and, and things like that. Did this ever come up? Man, so one is, is Maranatha. But most oh. people who go there say it wrong, so that, that that's no big. Deal. I apologize. But uh, and uh, so he he was we were roommates on the road. So when we traveled on the road, we would room at, at the hotels and stuff and different trips. But he he stayed on with his parents. Um, his dad was a professor at the university, and so I went over there all the time just for dinner and to watch you know watch games and um, and then you know he would come up and hang out at the dorms. But you know what we. Um, he always wanted to be, you know, uh, a, a college coach. And so that that was always kind of his dream. And I think, you know, anyone who was around him in, in college, you know, probably kind of like Derek, like, you know, kn- knew he was going to be a coach, knew he wanted to get into it and loved it. And so that that, that was more kind of his dream than mine. Um, but when we were in high school at Romulus, after going to, you know, practices for, for 10 years and, you know, watching college practices and NBA practices, you know, Nate would always come back and be like, man, we could do this better. Or, man, we, we would actually be better at this or, you know, we could, uh, you know, we could win at this level. And then when he was an assistant at Buffalo, a couple months in, he called uh, out of nowhere and just said, man, we could win a lot of games at this level. Like there's stuff with work ethic, there's stuff with you know, how, how they teach transition, how, you know, how they teach spacing, like all that stuff. Like we, we, we could win a lot of games at this level. And so probably from the time he said that is when I started thinking like, man, maybe, maybe I could go with him and, and, and maybe be a part of that. That's awesome. Hey coach. So Derek, you're, I was, since we're talking a little bit about your college days, I'm, I'm curious who was a better player between you and Nate? <laughs> you know what? Like uh, on the Instagram, I, I was saying I was the best at everything because that's what uh, <laughs> Coach, Coach Petway and uh, Charlie did. But Nate actually he start he started all four years. I only started my uh, my last year, and uh, we were both <laughs> Division three players, so we weren't you know we weren't rock stars. But uh, he he was a little bit better shooter than me in in, in college, and he was. Uh, we were both captains our senior year. I was a point guard. I probably had a little bit better. Uh, skill level, but um, you know he he played a little bit more than I did. And then our senior year, we were both captains and and, and played most of the game. So we we, gotcha. we won a lot of pickup games though at at Romney. We might have still been playing when when Coach Seidel was was our assistant. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you about too. Is he he has let me know that there was some heated pickup games and that potentially you guys may have pulled some strings to stay on the floor when you're, when you're playing pickup ball at Romulus. But I was curious if that's <laughs> continued with, with uh, you know, GAs or the players at Alabama and anything and, and how that went at Romulus. Yeah, at, at Romulus, there's no question we pulled some strings. I mean, we, we cheated our rears off. We, <laughs> we, we pulled the three best players in the gym on our team. We called every foul. You know, we changed the scores. Um, I would think that there, you know, there were a couple fouls that, you know, if they were on film, Nate Oates may not be coaching at Alabama. He, he, he <laughs> fired if, if if that got on film. So he's intense, man. He's he's not going to back down, and uh, he's tackled a few players to to get a win. So th- that was definitely fun. <laughs> and then the GA coaches stuff it has been really really good. It's just uh, it's re- real cool to connect like that and and build team chemistry as a staff and. 
so uh, obviously, you know, we, we love basketball and love playing. So that's been fun. It's just, you know, not shoot. I'm 45 now. So when you get out there against uh, like a 23 year old and uh, that, that's, that, that does always work out well. So we got to resort, resort to following. Hey, I just want you to know too, uh, that I, I don't hold any grudge that you guys never picked me up for those pickup <laughs> games. I just kind I just kind of stood on the side and had to deal with the players coming over complaining that you two were cheating all the time. But <laughs> you guys, you guys never asked me to join your team. I, you know, I, I, again, I, I no, no hard feelings about that. I also want to personally uh, apologize to Maranatha Baptist University for Joshua <laughs> Pages. Just, just butchering that like no one ever has before. But um, anyway, hey, Coach, it's uh, it's pretty common for, I guess, any young basketball coach who's getting ready to start a family to to joke with friends that, that we're going to have five kids one day so that we can start up a basketball team. Ha, ha, ha. Well, Coach Baker, you, you really weren't joking about this. Listeners, uh, they may not know this, but Coach Baker is father, and tell me if I'm wrong. I, I think you, we mentioned it earlier, too, a nine-year-old daughter, uh, a boy-girl twins who are around eight, and a boy-boy twins who are seven. So that's five. Uh, how, is, how is that juggling act going? And uh, what, what, what do you guys do for fun? Man, so, <laughs> so I've talked about this with, with Coach, but, uh, you know, they were zero, one, and two. So we, we had five <laughs> kids, two and under. Wow. Wow. It's a lot of diapers. That's that's, of yeah, I mean, it was multiple diapers on every single kid the whole day and multiple kids, you know, getting up every night, you know, for 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 years. And so uh, Courtney actually uh, did an incredible job with, you know, it's just a grind. And uh, she's incredible with activities and projects. And um, she always, I'm not very like artistic at all or creative, but she always has puzzles and games and crafts and, you know, taking walks. And then we, so she's really un unbelievable with them. And then we, um, we actually were huge pool people. We, we love to go to the pool. We love to jump off the diving board and play football off of it. We love baseball, football. We take walks downtown, especially when we're in Michigan. We uh, we live in Northville, so we, we love to walk downtown there and go to the parks and, um, man, bike races. Um, <laughs> that's kind of that, that's kind of what we do, man. That That's our day-to-day, -day. and, uh, man, they, they are. Man, I, I wouldn't wish, like, five to an under on, on anyone, but uh, <laughs> it, they are the greatest blessing, man. So much fun and uh, just, just, just a cool, cool blessing, so. That's cool. That's cool. What has been your uh, toughest adjustment to life in Tuscaloosa as a college basketball coach? Um, you know, I, I think for me, the, the biggest adjustment and, um, you know, Coach Trope, you went you went on to, on, on to college. I mean, that, that was just for me, the level of basketball and the level of analytics and the level of scouting and the level of preparation. The, the like the, the knowledge of Nate and, and and Coach Henry, who was in the NBA for four years, I, w I would say the knowledge gap and then the, just the, the the level of scouting and recruiting and analytics and preparation was obviously different than 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 high school, you know. So um, yeah, that 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 part's been just kind of a a learning curve and and, and been really fun. But th that that's probably been the biggest adjustment. I can believe that. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So, I mean, obviously, you coached at a really high level in high school at Romulus and, and, and at Southfield Christian. You know, you coached a bunch of D1 players yourself and against, I'm sure, against plenty of D1 players as well as some really good high school coaches. 
when, when in taking that jump to the college game, what was your your impression of the talent level of the players as well as the coaching ability in the SEC when you're playing Auburn and Kentucky and LSU, Florida, all teams like that? Yeah, you know, that's good questions. Like, you know, so it's interesting. A lot of it is still the, you know, the same issues with, with, with the guys. You still you still got to get guys to buy in. You still got to get guys to to put in extra time. There, there's guys who still need to get more skilled, um, who, who, who need to make better pick and roll reads, who need to be stronger with it, you know. Um, so, you know, that that stuff is pretty similar. The, the, the length and athleticism is obviously – you know, uh, probably the biggest difference, you know, at any level of college, whether division one, two or three, it's just the, the size and athleticism. And then some things that's are interesting is, you know, you still see the same stuff like, man, they, they didn't get back like 10 possessions last game. You know, you can really run on them or man, they don't block out. You can, you can really beat them on the glass. Um, Kentucky, you know, that they're, they're one of the premier programs in the country Coach Kyle doesn't run a lot on on offense. Like he's pretty basic and pretty simple. And then they get like 60% of their offensive rebounds. So, you know, it doesn't really matter like what you run. Just keep your spacing, be basic, like get the ball in the best player's hand and uh, let him make a play. And if you miss, send four, six, ten guys to the glass. Um, so, you know, like he, and he gets them to play super hard, you know, and then some like we, we played Penn. And, 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 you know, they run a ton of great stuff and great actions and tons of stuff out of the elbows. And, man, we had a hard time with that and, and, and back doors. And so it, it's been fun to see, like, uh, again, Coach Henry is kind of the, the, the defensive guru and, um, you know, just kind of how, how you guard all those actions and teaching points. Um, just from a basketball perspective in my first year, you know, being part of a college program, that, that's been a lot of fun to learn. Good deal. You know, coach, when uh, when you coach a high school team, you know you, you'll see a varsity varsity coaching staffs maybe range anywhere from from two to four people. I mean, although you know, like Derek at Napoleon has zero on his staff right now, so that's right. going to be a challenge. And coach <laughs> and coach Trope has thirty usually on his staff. So well, the good part 30. about Derek is he's always right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. Freaking players' you know, fault. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, at Alabama, at least when Coach Trope and I were down there uh, last November, there wasn't even room for us at the meeting table. I mean, that that is quite a staff. And, and how many guys do you actually have on staff, and what is that dynamic like? Man, so, uh, so there's the head coach, then there's three assistants that are on the court, and then there's the next three is a director of basketball operations, video coordinator, and special assistant, the head coach. Then there's four GAs. So those 10, I would say, are the primary people that would be, you know, on the basketball side of the ball. And then we have a full-time strength coach, a full-time trainer. So those two would be in a lot of our meetings as well. So that, that, that's kind of, you know, like 12 guys, I guess. <laughs> but a lot of those people have assistants. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, and then there's managers that, you know, that kind of, you know, a lot of the you know, basically the assistants will have us do stuff and then we'll have the GAs do stuff and then GAs will have managers that, that help them with stuff. And so hopefully through all of that, that it gets back to Nate and, you know, he's not pissed in the, in the video session or, or the staff meeting. So. 
he hey he, he got a little he got a little hot under the collar for about 30 seconds the day we were there so i, I actually kind of like to see the old fire in the boy but that was uh that's another day but that, yeah. that was, was that cool. was that after a video session you got it was a little bit of both and he'd asked a question and everybody nobody was screwing around but everybody was engaged in something a couple guys were on their computers and he yeah. snapped they snapped because uh you know, they he said, "Hey, man, if we're not gonna, if we're not do this, we can just, you know, throw it together and just go out there." I mean, he, he got well, everybody's attention. That. Yeah, he said, I'll, yeah. "I'll just, I'll just, I'll just do the practice plan myself." If you're not, that's what he said. Yeah, you know, that's correct. Yeah, um, that was good. Yeah, he'll get, he'll, he'll keep the staff after. Uh, like, if if a video doesn't go well, oh man, <laughs> you just sit there like shaking your head. Like, I remember one time he gets mad if clips are too long. He gets mad if it goes too long and, and values the guy's time. And he had gone over that a couple times. And then we get into a, a video session and uh, like 10 of the clips weren't, you know, weren't cut short. And so the like the last 10 seconds of each clip just keeps playing. And you're just sitting there like, oh, man, like, when is this going to end? Like, is the second this video, the guys get dismissed, we're, we're, we're done for. So <laughs> that, that's not good when, when that happens. So. But, about, I don't know, 2014, 2015, you and I reconnect. You, you're coaching at Southfield Christian. I'm in Highland at the time. And you come to me with this idea of a foundation game. And I had never heard of it. And, I, and we have a lot of high school coaches that listen to this. And I thought it was one of the greatest ideas. And um, for a couple of years there when I was at Milan, it was the best game I had all year. It was the foundation game with you guys before the season yeah. started. So for our listeners that, that don't do this, could you explain where you came up with the idea of the foundation game and, and what it really is? Because I, I think more high school coaches need to take advantage of this. I, I still do it. I think it's excellent. But I, but so many guys out there still do these six or eight teams. And it's, you know, kind of a mess and you don't know what you're going to get. But um, go ahead, if you don't mind, kind of explain where that came from and stuff. Yeah, sure. Well, I appreciate you bringing that up. I, I believe we lost both times by one in like, <laughs> overtime, right? Like, you, you, isn't that right? I do think so. And I, I think one time Lindsey Hunter and I did not get along very well after that. No, I, I believe. Yeah, I believe the one he got yeah. like a concussion and uh, yeah. in like the second quarter and missed the rest of the game. And then couple couple weeks, so I got one of my best players hurt and lost twice. It's a great idea. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, you know, well, we started it from, uh, from actually when, when Nate was at Romulus, we were trying to figure out how to do scrimmages and how, how to make them more. You know, at that time, I think we might have gone down to a lower division in the conference. Um, it, you know, it wasn't Romulus and Belleville and Ipsy and, you know, Willow Run and River Rouge anymore. Um, and so, you know, we, we had like 10 games and then we were trying to get the best games we could for, for our four scrimmages. Uh, we, we ended up talking with the MHSA stuff and then talked with Toledo St. John's. And there, there's I, I don't even remember all the rules, but essentially it was you, you can do the scrimmages, you can do full uniforms, you can have the crowd, but you can't you know take anything at, at the door. And then anything you make off of concessions, you give to, you know, like to a charity. And so what we try to do, we try to do a couple of those where we just had, you know, essentially full scrimmages or foundation games. And for us, that being a small school and a small conference, it got us, you know, a couple more huge games against, you know, class A schools like you guys, the state championship programs like you guys. And then, um, you know, we, we could play in a, in a regular environment. So for me, we tried to look at it like, 
you know, you, you got another four games and, and you can play the best, you know, four teams in the state if you want. So, yeah, we really appreciate it. And it was it was a huge value to us. Yeah, I, I agree. It was it was like I said, it was probably the best competition we saw all year. So it was great for us as well. That's very cool. With high school basketball in, in, in Michigan, we're always looking to improve the game. And, you know, based on your experience here in Michigan and then what you've seen on a national level since you've uh, moved down to Alabama, what if you were to ever come back to coaching high school in Michigan, um, like what changes would you want to see implemented to try and better the, 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 the game in Michigan? Yeah, well, one thing that I would like, and I've seen, I think they do it in um, – maybe they do it in, in – Minneapolis, I'd love to just see uh, an in- increase in uh, the minutes. Like I think somebody might do, I think it might be Minnesota. They might be do like two 18-minute halves. So for me, that would be good. I, I think uh, I-, I like a little bit extra time. I like more minutes for, you know, m- more guys on the team. I think that was a good idea. I'd love to see a shot clock, and I know that's been been discussed forever. And then for me, like just even, you know, to, to up it to, to 24 games, you know, I, I talk with coaches in Texas and you'll talk to them at Thanksgiving and we haven't played a game and, you know, and they're eight and four, you know, like they they play almost 40 games when, when they're, you know, if they're a successful program. So I'd love to see it go to 24 games when, when you got, you know, coaches like us who all put in time year round. You know, if you play 20 games, I, I just think if you put in that much time, it'd, it'd be fun to have a couple more games. Um, and, and again, more games and more time for the for the players. And then I like the shot clock, too. I'm just I'm just, you know, big on fast paced and up and down. And um, th- those are probably the things I'd like. And then better referees for sure. <laughs> I, you know what I would love. I would seriously. Any referee clinic they should have coaches at, and and, and have that's a great point. Coaches be able to share. Listen, man, like here's what we would love to see from an official. Like if if this is typical to me uh, of an official, especially at summer league or like at you know a, a, a college team camp. You ask the ref like this is back when you had a count, right? Like you had the five second count. Do you guys still have that in high school? Yeah. 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 Okay, so you have the you ask the ref to, to give a five second count or say, luckily that's five. He won't count. So then you ask him to start counting, and he purposefully won't count. You know, like that, that's just the kind of stuff that refs do all the time that drives me crazy. Well, and you know, I mean, you, you coached at, I mean, obviously one of the best basketball schools in the state, and you turned it into that when you are at Southfield Christian. But you know in a lot of your league games or when you're playing other small schools, that that's where you really see some bad officials because you, you get, you're getting some guys that, you know, they're not reffing in the top-tier leagues, and, you know, they, they don't even watch basketball anymore, and they're reffing like it's still 19, you know, early 80s. And we fight that all the time, too. I mean, they're not even reffing the game the way it's played anymore. You know, they're reffing it the way they think it should be played 20 years ago. And I, I think that's the other thing we struggle with at the high school level. No, I, I agree with you. I, I'd love to know what uh, Coach Trope would say to the refs if, if he was at some of those meetings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the refs hey, you, guys gotta, you guys got to lighten up on the officials right now. I'm an athletic director on, in, during the day, so I, I got to Don't I get started on athletic boys, director. Boys and stuff, so I got <laughs> gotta, gotta to take care of them. They, they're they're doing their best out there. Did, did Nate Oates get a T in his first game in Alabama? He did. 
I think he was I think he was five and zero or six and zero in games where he got a T. Oh, there you go. So when we were walking into the SEC tournament, someone was like tweeting at him, like, uh, you know, six and zero when you get a T, coach. You know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, I bet he loved that. I bet he loved that. <laughs> hey, uh, coach, you and Nate are, are not. Uh, not the only two guys on the Alabama staff with Romulus ties, correct? Yes, sir. Who who are who are the others? So Charlie Henry, um, he played at Madonna, came to us as an assistant at Romulus for a year, and then he went to Utah as a GA with one of our players, and then to the Pacers as a video guy, and then to uh, Iowa State as a video coordinator. And then I think he was Hoiberg's special assistant, and then he, he was an assistant with him and, and went to the NBA with, with, with Fred Hoiberg. So, and then he was a head coach in a G League for the Bulls. So, um, he, he really kind of had a, a meteoric rise. I mean, and, and, and he's that good. And then um, Christian Pino played for us at Romulus and then played for Nate at Buffalo. And then he, he's down here as a GA as well. So, uh, one of my favorite times of the year was we went to Ole Miss. Man, they got a point guard who is just unbelievable. And uh, we, we got a huge win there. And uh, won, won by like 20, scored 104, I think, on the road <laughs> and uh, threw in threes from everywhere. And um, we, we got back. We, we had to travel back a little bit differently. But me, me Christian, Nate and uh, Charlie kind of all rode back together. Had, had a lot of fun after getting a win at Old Miss. Amazing. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty fun. So a little known fact, but one of my favorites about you is before you became a uh, rich and famous college uh, coach, um, you used to work the grounds at Comerica Park for the Tigers in the summer. So what was that like? And, and you got a great story for us or, or how you got into that? I think people find this really interesting. Man, I'm trying to think how that happened. Somehow, man, a friend of mine from, uh, from Southfield Christian, uh, he was, uh, he's an athletic trainer, and he was connected down there somehow. And uh, we, actually, Dave Hart, who was my assistant for a long time at Southfield Christian, he, he might still work down there. Um, but but we got it where somebody said, hey, man, you, you like the Tigers? Yeah. You, you want a job with them? Sure. Like, uh, so it's, it's summer and you go to the games and all you got to do is run out and rake the field like once a game, you know. I'm like, I'm in. It paid like, I'm not kidding. It paid like six bucks an hour. Like, it, eventually, like, it, it, it wasn't worth your time. And so... Um, Anyway, we, uh, you know, we, we, we get down there and you rake the field pregame and hang out and watch all the guys play warm up and um, get, get ready. And then uh, you, you, do, you do your run. And then in the summer, when you're down there like 10 nights in a row, people would pay <laughs> other guys to do their run. You, you had to pay like three bucks for, for somebody to get a hot dog and a Coke. And, and then they would do the run for you. So you didn't even have to leave the, uh, the lounge. You could just watch the game. But how many um, summers did you do that? Just the one? I think I, I did it two summers. Okay. Yeah. It's very and cool. So, no, it was real cool. You know what was interesting, though? Like, even, even back then, the thing that stood out the most was the Yankees and the Red Sox. And, uh, for instance, at the time, the Royals stunk. And, uh, you know, like the Blue Jays stunk. And they would come in, and when they did warm-ups and stretches – there'd be like 14 guys doing them and 10 guys kind of walking and standing around, you know? And um, when the Yankees and the Red Sox came in, they had like all-star catchers. And I remember them going through the most basic like blocking drills. 
every single, you know, pregame. They would do it for hours before. And you'd see the Yankees and the Red Sox out early, and they'd be running the stairs. And, uh, when, you know, when, when the coach did stretching, you know, like A-Rod was doing it, and Jeter, like all those guys, Jorge Posada, all of those guys were doing the stretches exactly what the coach said. You kind of saw those two, and those two were always at the top, which was really fun for me to see. Yeah, the, the little things pay off, that's for sure. So that's cool. That's cool. Hey, Coach, I got one kind of a system question for you. Okay. So I know Alabama, you guys play, if not the fastest, one of the fastest tempos in the uh, in the country. Can you just tell us a little bit about how the system has evolved under Nate and what it takes to be successful playing that way? Yeah, so, you know, part of that actually goes back, and Coach Usada will get this, and especially Trope too, you know, when we were in that conference and you guys were at Ipsy and we were at Romulus our first year, man, it was it was hard for us to score a basket against Belleville, against you guys, River Rouge guards, you know, like, I mean, it's it, it was really hard for us. In, in our uh, district final game against Belleville the first year, we, we scored, I think, 32 points. And so, like, not only, like, could we not get guys open when they were open? Uh, we wouldn't even shoot that. That's like, so, but we ran all these plays, you know, we ran all these plays to get guys open and then uh, we couldn't make a shot. Uh, we, we just kind of, that changed immediately, like literally the next day. And, and you guys know how Nate is like literally the next day we had 10 guys in the gym and we, we were going through workouts and skill work and individuals and shooting and, finishing drills and just say we have to get our players better it's more important to have better players than it is to run better plays so that that kind of was a huge shift for us and then we always wanted to kind of play fast and when coach Sato was there with us we switched to um we, we ran a secondary all the time and so Jarrett would bring it up he played at Michigan so we had like a 6-2 point guard who was really good and he would bring the ball up and then we swing swing and then go set a double for somebody else who, who couldn't shoot very well or you know couldn't, couldn't make a play very well like like aj hall he couldn't shoot lot. he stinks hey no no offense oh. aj come on now. no i love aj I'm, i've been telling him this for a year but uh we went a one without him because he's so freaking tough and so oh, he uh, was we uh anyway so we, we would run that and we're not getting anything out of it and it's too slow so then we started to kind of think, well, let, let, let's forget that. Let's just space and let him go make plays. So then we kind of started to get into, okay, well, after you do that, we can't catch and hold. So now you got you to gotta swing twice. So any play we run, you know, if we run Horns or Iverson or Zip or whatever our plays are, Spurs, at the end of it, we always went to two driving kicks just because we wanted the ball moving and we didn't want to run Spurs, the play stops. Okay. Pull it back out the half court and not run bolts, you know, like, and the other team knows to play. So we just wanted player development and then we wanted ball movement and how to play at the end of everything. So then we went out to Pepperdine, a guy named Vance Wahlberg was out there and his teams in, in Juco were scoring like 120 a game and, and he was winning like crazy. And then, he uh, ended up being an assistant with a bunch of teams in the NBA, and he still talks with a, a lot of guys. But that kind of changed our, our spacing, and it changed our transition game. So that, 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 that was another big step. And then actually this year what, what Nate did is he kind of adopted some of the, um, the, 
the, the five out stuff from the NBA, like most of the most of the NBA teams are, are running five out stuff. And so uh, it was kind of interesting because he changed what he had run forever. And then we still scored, you know, a, a ton of points. Part of it is like the NBA does, does huge studies on this, on, on, on points per possession, like in the first eight seconds of the clock versus the last, you know, 15 or 16. And it's significantly higher. Like the one team I, I talked with the Pistons, I think they're at 1.4 points per possession in the first eight seconds on the clock. And so there's just so much pressure and it's so hard to, 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 to find shooters in that situation. If you can get an early drag in the first five seconds of the clock and get a paint touch, you're, you're going to get good looks. And so part of that is just wanting to play fast and have fun. And, and part of it is I, I think it's more efficient as, as well. So that, that's kind of how Nate got there. And I, I think it's a great way to play. You guys were so far ahead of the curve. You always have been. Like, I feel like you are now at Alabama, but you certainly were at Romulus. I mean, you I don't even know if you know this, but you change, You guys changed the way I coach. And, and a lot of the success I had at Milan is because of you guys. I, I remember um, watching you guys play. It was your last year there in 2011. And you guys let me come to one of your practices. We're in the middle of the year, and, and I was watching you do all the dribble, drive, and kick drills. You let me pick your brains about it. You know, doing all all the shooting drills, just your pace, all the guns being out, all the skill development. Um, next thing I know, I'm I'm ordering those DVDs, the the Van Wahlberg DVDs, oh, yeah. and we're running yeah. dribble, drive, and kick. And you know, th- that year we won the state title. I mean, Latin Davis hit seven threes. Five of them were just on a basic drag screen, and that's all it was. And but I'm telling you, you guys opened my eyes to so many things. I think, you know, and again, for all the high school coaches out there, I, I think one of the things we all make mistakes, and I, I was smart enough to do this, was to go to put my ego away and go watch two other really good high school coaches. And I think that so many guys could do that. There's so many good high school coaches and college coaches to learn from. But I think, you know, so many guys are, you know, they're ego driven and they're like, well, I'm not going to go watch Nate do it. But Nate, Nate was doing it better than anybody in the state at the time. Like I said, it, it changed the way I coached. And, uh, you know, that trip down to Alabama, I know, helped us all a ton this year as well. Yeah, I, you know what? I, that, that's a great point. I, I think Nate is really, really good at that stuff. And, and that's that's part of, like, his character and what makes him good is he always wants to get better. If, if any, like, he probably asked you, like, when guys come in, doesn't matter who, you know, he'll say, hey, what do we need to do better? What did you see? How, how can we improve? I remember we beat Country Day one year. It was like one and two in the state, and we had a huge win. And he had asked a couple college coaches, you know, what we could work on. And one of them said, you know, are you serious? I'll tell you. Like, you're one of the best programs in the state, but I'll tell you what you got to work on. And Nate was like, yeah, absolutely. And he sent us a couple pages, you know, on uh, on our the footwork of our guys on underneath out-of-bounds plays, that we were giving away all the out-of-bounds plays, that the pick-and-roll coverage was, you know – what wasn't consistent and he and, and but but Nate can't wait to get that email and he doesn't mm. take it as criticism he's like okay some of it I'll throw out and and the other part I'm going to take and I'm going to get better at so he he's really good at that it always wanted to improve I'm glad what uh what, what coach Trope said because you can see uh and and I've, I've kind of looked at it from an outsider uh, just being uh, out of coaching for a few years but you can see the Romulus Buffalo Alabama influence on Josh's system right now. And, 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 and Trope won, you know, we won a state title just yeah. six years ago. He's willing to change. You actually, it's funny because Derek, uh, 
uh, ran a, ran a couple of sets that uh, he he borrowed from uh, the University of Alabama this year too, and uh, actually helped him win a couple of games. So it's even influenced in the Big Eight and the Cascades Conference. So, um, and trust me, at Olivet this year, going to see a little bit a uh, little bit of that as well. So, one final question, Coach. Uh, you know, we know when you coach at a school like Alabama and compete in in a conference like the SEC, expectations have to be pretty high, uh, especially when you have a football program like you guys have as well. That said, uh, how good do you think uh, this next Alabama team can be? I, I really do think we've got a, we got a chance to be great. So obviously, Nate is going to be huge on work ethic. He's going to be huge on video. He's going to be huge on skill development. And so we, you know we've gotten uh, you know about half our team that are returning, and they kind of got they've got that in them, and they worked their tail off. And now we got a bunch of new guys who, who come in and kind of follow that same mold. So I, I would say from year one to year two, the consistency of the guys in the gym outside of practice is, is huge. Like these guys get after. And so we've got, we've got some great recruits too. We've got more length. I think we've got more athleticism and I think, you know, we're, we're going to be a lot deeper and hopefully, uh, you know, more injury free. So, yeah. I think with all of that, you got to compete more, you know, which means you got to get in the gym more, which means you got to work on your game more, which means you got to play harder, uh, which means you got to watch more film. And I just think all of those start, you know, start to shift the program. And so, you know, we're, we're pretty excited. And I still I just think like with who Coach Oates is, with what the University of Alabama is, with the way that we play, I still think like we're, we're going to be able to get in pros you know and, and and big time college players so we're we're pretty excited maybe Excellent. not as excited well who was it Derek you, you did you be uh like Coleman and, and Jared in some N NBA uh 2k <laughs> stuff when, when you school <laughs> yeah I think I remember that back in the day I, I played way too much video games as a kid and I still do but uh yeah I think I remember playing against some of those Romulus guys that was fun stuff I remember right, I, we right. had some video days or off days, but we were at the gym and, and you got to skip school and come to those practices. <laughs> I don't remember all that, but I, uh, sounds fun. We had a lot of games set up that day. I remember Ron Coleman took a lot of grief when he lost to a seven-year-old, but yeah, whatever, however <laughs> Derek was at that point, but it was, it was a lot of fun. So, Coach Baker, we really appreciate you taking time out uh, from your busy schedule uh, to talk with us today. Uh, I wish we had more time to pick your brain, but believe it or not, I have a feeling we'll be down in Tuscaloosa again before you know it, and maybe this time we'll we'll even bring Derek with us. So uh, take care, Coach, and uh, as usual, roll tide. Roll tide. Coach, once you uh, once you retire, man, you're going to have to come down and coach with us again like, like you did at Romulus, man. That, that, that helped us significantly. If I can wear the mock turtle and sweater vest and not put that $700 suit on, I'll, I'll volunteer my time without question. We'll get it done. We'll, I'll, 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 I'll pull a golf sweater for you somewhere. All right. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Appreciate Baker. It. Always great to hear from Josh Baker. Outstanding coach and a great person. Uh, but we do know at least one time when he wasn't so great. Coach Trofey, do you mind elaborating on that a little bit? Yeah, so so last year um, when Baker took the job, the special assistant to Nate Oates, we, we reached out to him because, of course, we didn't want to bother Nate. You know, he's running a big-time program and things like that. So we had uh, some communication with Josh about setting up a trip for you and I to go down and watch the LSU-Alabama game. And, 
hook us up maybe with a hotel and, and get us kind of all access to basketball and kind of, you know, work our way from there. It, needless to say, things uh, fell apart and we were left to, on our own as far as getting a hotel and, and, and such like that. We were able to, to have a great experience with the basketball program and, and we were able to spend a lot of great time with Nate and Josh when we were down there. But needless to say, we we ended up paying, I, I believe, about $700 a night for a hotel room. And <laughs> it it wasn't necessarily our first choice hotel. Um, I think it might have been the first time either one of us stayed to Red Roof Inn, at least since our college days. It, Am I right by saying that? Yeah, yeah, and they and they definitely jacked the prices up uh, for the for the big football game. I don't know if it was that much, but it seemed I, like it, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I I might exaggerate a little bit, but I don't think by much. That's for sure. So it 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 made us you know think you know when we travel and go on all these trips, you know whether it's going to a college to, to learn some basketball or just. But just for the record, by the way, the Red Roof Inn was incredible, clean. We had breakfast every morning. They went out of their way to be hospitable and, and help us in any way. Um, and we needed help because you also remember we had a little rental car issue on that trip as well, <laughs> so, which that's a story for another podcast. But but they were incredible and, and helpful. And, and like I said, I, I was a great stay. I had no issues. I, I, I give it, you know, four out of five stars for my, my visit. What are, what are the, the hotels you would stay at by choice? On a tr- I, I, let's just say this: We go to our next basketball trip this fall. It, what are the hotels we're going to stay at in order? We're, you know, two and three on the list. Where are we going? I can go first here, I guess. Uh, being a young guy, I uh, I'll be honest: I've not booked too many hotels in my time. Um, and when I have, I'm usually looking for a cheap price. Uh, <laughs> I my 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 standard is I don't want to pick the cheapest hotel because I figure it's the cheapest for a reason. So I usually go for the second cheapest. That might not be sound reasoning, <laughs> but that's usually what I've gone with. And it's worked fine so far. But uh, if I had to rank my top three, and I may go a little rogue on this list, but my number three would have to be Holiday Inn Express. It's a standby. I think you, you know what you're going to get there. It's going to be solid. My number two, this is not a chain. And if you're going on a trip, it's not an option. But uh, as a family, when I was a kid, we would take regular trips to the Bavarian Inn in Frankenmuth. Okay. And that's just, every time I talk about hotels, I got to bring that one up. It's not a chain, <laughs> but you know, the, the pools in the arcade um, have given me great memories. Um, and then my number one, this goes back to my youth baseball days. And again, I've never actually booked a room here, but if this would be my first choice, whenever I'm looking, I guess would be a, a double tree. <laughs> and the reason the double tree is my top choice is simply because of the cookies as a 12 U baseball player. Uh, we were playing, I think, in the state tournament or a prep a prep tournament, getting ready for the state tournament for Little League. And uh, I remember getting those free cookies at the Doubletree, and, and they'll forever be my favorite. <laughs> those are good reasons. Good there reasons. Are, there aren't many double trees around anymore, but I think the ones that, that have it probably still have that deal. Yeah, I, I'm going to go rogue a little bit, too. I, you know, I think my number three, and it, it's not even a – in my mind, it's a hotel, and I'm from the '70s. I mean, I was born, I was born, I was, I was a teenager in the '70s, and I and Eagles were a big, big group of mine. So, Hotel California, there's got to be one out there. I don't know where it is, but I'm always singing this. You know, yeah, you know, you can check out anytime you like, but you can never leave. I mean, I'm always thinking Hotel California. I'm still looking for it. Never really found it, even though I've been to California a few times. But if we're going to talk hotels, I had to mention that my my favorite hotel to stay at is the Radisson. That'd be my number two, even though it's my favorite, especially Country Inn and Suites. Used to do that during some AAU basketball. I'm a hotel snob a little bit. I like to like to spend a little extra money just to to be able to stay in a nice place and, and have a clean hotel and, and have some extras. 
But I, I can't, I have to name the Holiday Inn in Charlotte, Michigan as the, my number one. And, and not because it's the best hotel in the world, but it is, it is my hotel. Working in Olivet, and there are times when I had to be back on a Saturday morning at 6 a.m. for an event. So I would stay the night. And different times when I when I stayed the night over there, instead of coming home all the way, I would stay in the in the in the the Holiday Inn in Charlotte. So that's my number one, just because they've been good to me. So we could be looking at a future sponsor with a recommendation like that. Wow, look at that. (laughs) Well, um. I, you know, it's funny. I'm glad you brought it up, Matt, because if you didn't, I was going to. Derek, your dad is a little bit of a hotel snob. I cannot tell you <laughs> how many times he checked with me to make sure the Red Roof Inn was the only option we could really go to because he was very concerned. He was very concerned. And if you would have saw a picture of the outside of the older version of the Red Roof Inn, I, I would that was legitimate concern. So I, I laugh because also, Derek, when I was your age, I would have done it the exact same. I wouldn't have picked the cheapest, but I would have taken the next cheapest there. So I'm a little older, so I'll go with this. And, and for memories, and, and I'm with your dad, I become a little bit of a hotel snob. Big thing for me is breakfast being offered in the morning, um, like my oatmeal in the hotel. But I would say number three for me is the Holiday Inn Express. You're always smarter after staying there, one. And, and, right. and it's always you clean and you know what you're going to get. Um, number two for me is actually the Drury Inn and Suites. And I don't know how many of these there are, but I love one in Grand Rapids. Um, my son's played in a ton of youth basketball tournaments there. I stayed there with Spring Arbor when we beat Cornerstone when they were the number one team in the country. Uh, when I recruit up there for, for Spring Arbor when I was coaching there, that's where I stayed. Love the Drury Inn. And then number one for me always is the Courtyard by Marriott. I just They usually have a nice uh, kind of living room with bell room. And and then, again, the breakfast is solid. You even get like a, a happy hour uh, adult beverage and uh, appetizer tied into that. And there's nothing wrong with that either. No, no doubt. Oh, man, that's good stuff. Yeah, I might have to re-rank mine after hearing a couple of those reviews there. But good stuff uh, talking about hotels. And, uh, yeah, we'll forever be in debt or something like that with Baker. And we got some other stuff that Baker screwed up on that trip. But we won't be, we're not going <laughs> to rip on him too much about that. He's an awesome guy and a great host once we have finally hooked up with him. So, well, that concludes uh, this episode of Coach Speak. Derek and Josh, as usual, thank you for your contributions. We appreciate everyone listening and look forward to connecting again early next week for an exciting show that will include an interview with one of the top players in the area, Ann Arbor Huron's Julian Lewis. The young man has something like 20 Division I offers heading into his senior season, so we're looking forward uh, to that one uh, definitely. Until then, stay safe, mask up, and peace.